Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Retro's modded or broken. Sirens and screams. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 174 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Sour Times with Duality. That's off of their album, The 11th Hour. It just came out May 14th. It's self-released, but I'm sure you can find it wherever you get your music these days. This band consists of two fellas who got together in 2018 and uh, they blend a lot of influences. You could hear it there. Heavy metal, hardcore, it's all there. Uh, again, that was Sour Times, Duality from the album The 11th Hour, available now everywhere. What's happening on this episode? Well, this episode features an interview with Benjamin Charles and Kyle Baltus of Ligature Marks. Oh, you're not familiar with Ligature Marks? Well, neither was I until recently, and that's why... We're doing this episode. These guys are deserving of all the attention, and we're going to give it to them on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. But first, the best thrash band ever from New Jersey that exists right now, Hot Zone. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone, back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out Podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? 
What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? I want to get down to it right away. I'm having a yard sale this weekend. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yard sales are crazy business. I hate the fucking people who show up in my house and want to argue about whether they have to pay 50 cents or 25 cents for my bullshit. They don't know that I'll give it to them for free. I don't want them to know that either because I do want their money. But I have no, I have no tolerance for haggling. All you have to do to get all my stuff for free is just start haggling. I'd be like, just please leave. Take everything. I don't I don't want any 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 of this. I don't want any of of, of you uh, being awkward. There's always weird yard sale people then they show up real early. Early birds, they call themselves. Get the fuck off my lawn. You're not it's the the posted times are the posted times. I don't know what the posted times are. I don't know what times you're supposed to be able to come to my yard sale. But I don't want you here. Not before a certain time. I, I, you know, I need to get my bearings about me. I need to sit down. I need to get some like breakfast from McDonald's or something, and then sit in the yard and basically uh, try to hold off drinking until like eleven. That's the thing about yard sale. Yard sale seems like an excuse to start drinking immediately. It should be. Um, we should put something in my coffee. What do you put in coffee to drink? People are like, you put Bailey's. They're like, who the fuck has Bailey's? What am I sixty? I don't keep that shit around my house. Maybe I do. I wonder if we have. Bailey's upstairs somewhere or some kind of thing that's similar a liqueur right that's like liquor with uh with a q and a u in it i think i think that's how you do it i don't know you know who does know a thing or two about liquor or at least it seemed that way is uh the fellows from ligature marks and maybe that's why we had such a wonderful conversation that I'm going to play for you right here, right now. Look at this. I'm moving fast in this episode. But I feel like this interview deserves it, and I'm excited for you to hear it. So let's just fucking go. How about that? Let's play a song from Ligature Marks. Let's play Fire and Flood from Set Oceans on Fire. Set Oceans on Fire! Yeah. 
Hello. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Really good. There's two of you, unless that guy's a mannequin. He's a mannequin. Ah, good. Oh, well, it looks like it could be one back there too. I don't know. Have you ever heard of a, a real doll? Yeah, unfortunately. That's that. Oh, that's that. <laughs> nice. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Um, I guess. I don't know. It's Monday, right? So I got usual Monday complaints. But right now it's basically basically allergies. I don't know if either of you suffer from allergies, but I fucking suffer. And uh, then I mow the lawn and it gets worse. And, you know, I'm sure you'd love to hear about it. Yeah, can relate, brother. Can relate. <laughs> so anyway, I just like to jump into it if you guys don't mind. Um, first okay. of all, I wasn't expecting both of you. I'm glad you're both here. Um, I know this is this is not the way that I even like to do it, but can you introduce yourselves a little bit here? Absolutely. Um, my name is Ben Charles, and I'm the singer for a band called Ligature Marks. Uh, my name's Kyle Baltus. I play drums in Ligature Marks. Awesome. I knew your names, but I didn't want to say them wrong. That's my go-to for not fucking up people's names. Um, <laughs> there you go. Usually, it's usually I, usually I butcher them, but you know it's, that's a safe bet. So, all right, so real real simple and basic stuff. I want to start with both of you, and it's I so sometimes it can get boring, but fuck it, we'll go through it anyway. And if it is, I'll cut it out. Um, when, when did you two or either of you? When did you guys find just heavy music in general? At what point did you find? This type of music, not necessarily this type, but something more extreme, something heavier that you identify with it and, and got heavily involved and interested. Sure. Um, so for me, I was given a dubbed cassette of Metallica's Black Album, and that was probably like my first introduction to it. But the first like experience that I had was the first concert I ever went to was Pantera and White Zombie by myself. I mean, like as a as a as a you know, a young man right. without the parents in tow. Um, and that kind of cemented the, the, yeah, I think I want to be involved with this in one way or another. Nice. That's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good first show without the parents. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw Willie Nelson and the beach boys with the parents. So those are good too. <laughs> um, I, uh, my dad always was like playing music. He was into like eighties, like hair metal stuff. Like that's what I was uh, attracted to and the stuff that he was playing. But I guess like the first heavy band I got into was like Metallica. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we can't you can't gloss over the the hair metal stuff. Like that's not awesome as well. What's the what was the what was your big what was your favorite hair metal band? Um, well, my favorite band of all time is Guns N' Roses. But like I loved a lot of the stuff that was coming out. Like I love Skid Row. And Motley Crue is huge for me. Like, Tommy Lee's my favorite drummer. So, um, I mean, Cinderella, Rat, Dokken, Wasp, all that shit. That's awesome. The, the, they're, they're, all, they're all good bands, in my opinion. It was funny. I, I've, I have some weird stories where I kind of kept happening across Quiet Riot shows for a couple years. Like, i just, like, walk into a place. I, I was in a, a, by myself at a bar in Annapolis. I walk in, and the guy's like... Ah, it's twenty bucks because there's a band playing. I'm like, why is it? What band is playing? They're like, well, it's Quiet Riot. I'm like, it's fucking Quiet Riot. Hell yeah! I go in there and <laughs> and uh, you know, there's I'm by myself and there's this woman standing there with this guy and I'm kind of just standing at this bar and they're like, I can't believe Quiet Riot's playing at this bar here. I'm like, well, you'll find out. I mean, you'll you'll see why. <laughs> in twenty, you know, fifteen, they're playing at a tiny bar in Annapolis. Still awesome, but man, those fucking bands. I love seeing the, those bands still to this day. Um, for sure. So, so, so your fa- those were your favorite bands as a kid, uh, Ben. What about you? What was your favorite band? Um, I probably some of the alternative stuff. Man, I got into Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff, and then um, eventually got uh, I, I had an affinity for for hip hop and gangster rap too. So I was listening to a lot of Bone Thugs and Dr. Dre and Snoop and Wu Tang and all of that when I was a kid. Yeah, so. that's that's real funny because my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. We were actually, I was listening to, I forget what we had on. I don't know. Whatever was on the turntable back there. But I think like, all right, there's a Nine Inch Nails record, record on over there, Downward Spiral. But we had on like, right. we had on uh, Nirvana or something, whatever. And we were just talking about how, could music like this, this heavy ever be on the radio again? 
And like that was like how we, you know, we all liked it back then. That was like pop music, basically. And uh, and we talking about what 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 was the closest thing to pop? And like, well, it was like fucking Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and you know, like yeah. Bone Dogs. Like that shit's not on the radio either. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what's on the fucking radio. But but the, the, like to grow up with that type of music seems so cool. And I don't know everything before us. It also seems cool. It's a little weird now having kids and looking at what they listen to and thinking, I don't know if that's that cool, but I'm also just a weird ass parent now, you know, judgmental dickhead, like, like, you know, the ones that we grew up with, or maybe not if you were lucky, but so you guys have been, have been into heavy music for quite a while. And, uh, obviously you've been at it with, uh, with ligature marks for quite a few years, I take it. Um, but this can't be the first band for either of you, I'd imagine. What was the first, when did you guys first get into actually playing music? Um, so I started probably when I was in high school and it was really just, there was like a kind of, kind of metal, kind of punk rock band at my school. And they were like, Hey, can you sing? And I was like, I don't think so. And they were like, can you yell? And I was like, I've been told I have a loud voice. So yeah, let's give it a shot. And, and yeah, uh, did that when I was in high school for, for a couple of years. And then a couple of years out of high school, I joined a band called six, which later on down the road, Kyle joined that project as well. Um, so those were kind of my first bands. I did a couple couple little projects in between, but nice. Hi. Yeah, I started playing in bands in high school, um, and then just kind of I, I played guitar first in bands, but um, just didn't like it, so I went back to playing drums, and then uh, yeah, just kind of played around Portland. I ended up joining Six after high school, and then I just kept joining other bands and. Um, then yeah, like I'm, I'm still in a couple bands besides Ligature Marks today, so I'm just always playing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of what you guys are all up to too, and 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 you all doing some very cool stuff. But I, and I vaguely aware of Six. What was Six like? What was that band? Pretty new metal, yeah, heavy, yeah. heavy band, yeah, like heavy Slipknot, Mudvayne, Corn influence kind of kind of project. How do you feel about that era of music? Because I loved it, and then I shunned it, and now I'm back to like why, why did i shun that like uh, back to embracing it you know and i i love that that's that was my shit man growing up yeah. like some of my first concerts like i said i mean pantera and white zombie not too new metal but like shortly the wave that came after that like slipknot seeing slipknot when i was in high school was kind of a, a pivotal pivotal experience for me um but I think it got tagged with a bad name. I think it was branding, man. I think it got marketed as new metal and then they spelt it weird. And then I think it was just out the window after that. They fucked it up in the marketing department. <laughs> that's what happened. You know, it's funny. I didn't, I went while listening to new metal. I didn't know we were supposed to spell it a certain way, but this is also back then. I mean, I was born 84. So that would have made me like at most like 16 by 99 or whatever. Um, or 15. I don't know math. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and it didn't matter to me or i didn't i wasn't even aware of these stupid genre tags like i was at the same time i was listening to i was listening to biohazard for years i was listening to machine head fear factory i didn't know biohazard urban discipline was considered hardcore i didn't know Madball was a hardcore band i didn't know whatever machine head was called groove metal that's well that's new metal um whatever the fuck you know all these all these dumb terms didn't matter so when new metal became a thing i didn't even realize it was a thing and i remember writing uh my 11th grade research project which i wrote on the history of heavy metal and i <laughs> and i like and this is like during the time I, I discovered that what i was listening to was considered new metal and that fucking spelling yeah it always stuck with me why are we doing this you know, the horrible but... <laughs> right like you just we pigeonholed the whole fucking genre and just killed it <laughs> Yeah, but I guess some people embraced it, and that's what we—that's what the the whole uh, whole era of music gets for braiding their goatees. You know, there's got to be some kind of punishment for that. So, <laughs> that that was all right. So, so when so all that history, you know, we all we all get there eventually. But you guys all end up here in ligature marks. In what year are we in? Twenty twenty one. How did that happen? Where does ligature marks come from? We started in two thousand eighteen. Um, and it was really like we were hanging out at a show and I can't even remember what show we were at, but we all knew each other from obviously Kyle and I playing in bands together. Um, and we all kind of grew up playing in the same scene. So we all knew of each other and we'd all been around and Carl, uh, was at the same show and 
he was mentioning having new music and, and looking for a vocalist. And I jumped on it the next day, hit him up and said, Hey man, like we're serious about, about making this a thing. Let's give it a go. And he sent me the tunes and him and his brother, Josh, uh, had a pretty polished album kind of done where EP done worth of music. Uh, but there was program drums on it and the bass playing, um, we had we ended up adding another another guy named Dave Keller to the project, and he kind of filled in all the spots that were missing on bass. And Kyle came in and laid down drums. Kyle, what's it like coming in for a drum machine? I mean, what were the song? How much did you change the songs? Like, because was it? I, I've asked you guys this before, where people have programmed shit that's just rid, rid, ridiculous, and then I've seen you know people were like it was so it was. <laughs> It was so easy to do. It was so easy to make better. What was it like for you? Uh, well, I got involved with these guys because Carl, our guitar player, actually like had me record like a one-off song for him that he had. And that's when they showed me Ligature Marks. And I think at first they asked me originally just to be in the video for our first <laughs> single. And I wasn't even like in the band yet, and they had programmed drums on it and stuff. And so I was just like, well, you guys need real drums on the record, man. It would sound a lot better. Cause you pulled me aside I mean, at Falcon. I remember that. You were like, <laughs> we like, you were like, come here. I come in the hallway and you're like, who's playing drums on this shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't like they were bad or anything like that, you know? They sounded like songs, but um, you can do it well, you know? And they weren't yeah. done bad. I'm not saying that. I think that they were just, they were parts that were written by someone who wasn't a drummer. Right. So when I came in, like, I just played him like a drummer would or at least how i play as a drummer and it changed like the feel a lot so um but i did change the whole project i pretty much changed the whole thing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you took over but that makes sense i mean ah fuck drums to me i talk about this i've talked about this frequently with people but drums to me are so complicated I, first of all i have no i have no musical talent at all, right? I can't do anything. I, can't, I picked up a guitar for two months and threw it away. Um, I, <laughs> I sang for a band for a year and that went nowhere. Um, but drums to me have always been the most intimidating instrument. I don't know how... I don't, I don't know how there are as many drummers as there are and I'm sure people say there aren't enough, right? Um, I still feel like there's a shortage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't even know how there's that many of them. Um, I, I don't know how you guys do what you do, so... Um, I don't know how other people, what our perception, it's interesting, it's interesting to me what your view of our perception of what you would be playing to songs is. Like, how far off do people get, I'm sorry, I'm weird and wording this very strangely, but the, like, I don't know, this doesn't make any sense the way I'm saying it, does I think it? I know what you're asking, man. Yeah, all right, can you answer what you think I'm asking? Because I don't know yeah, how to say so, it. Like, I've, I've heard... I've heard them like extremely good and then I've heard them like someone is just like putting down something just to get drums on it and it's like oh you yeah you clearly are not you have no clue like there there's no crash right there or there shouldn't be a crash there's supposed to be a snare there you know like or just like they'll try and write like weird time things to be like creative but it's like yeah. man, that just really doesn't work at all. <laughs> And then I played with other people who don't play drums, but they understand music. And it's like, who the fuck did you get to drum on this? And they're like, oh, I just built them. It's like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, it's it's great that it's a, it's an option for people, especially with the, you know, like we're joking about the shortage of drummers. But uh, but there's definitely the obvious the obvious difference of having a real drummer and and not. And like you mentioned, the way you play, like any instrument, the way you play, some people have their own sound without even. Without, without even changing tuning, you know, you, people have their own sounds and they put their own mark on music, and that's that, that's obviously something you can't quite get with with programmed drums. But so was that stuff that you're talking about the Set Oceans on Fire record that came out in 2018? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So that that originally comes out three years ago, and now we're doing a doing a deluxe edition. What's happening here? What what happened with this? I think. Taking the t taking the whole year off basically from releasing any music just pretty much due to COVID, um, we had one track come out in there, but it it put a pretty big delay in in everything. And we got with a new PR team, new management team, and 
they thought it was smart to do to do another re-release or to do a, re- a re-release deluxe edition of the record uh and kind of kind of gear back up because it didn't get it didn't get the attention that it probably could have had we had we laid the pathway properly to begin with you know like rather than we just wanted to put something out we were we were kind of in a rush to to get it out to begin with and so we didn't give it the the pr press treatment that it should have got i got you did you did, were you guys did you guys tour on anything i know it was a self-release from the beginning right so it was just a so it was basically just just put out a record yeah yeah i mean it was it, it honestly started intending to do like kind of one-off songs like the whole project was initially just going to be like you know hey let's get get a collective together and, and make a tune and see what happens and then we ended up writing writing the EP and it, it turned out pretty good. So we decided to make it a project. It was just the, the evolution of ligature marks, I guess. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're doing that because I, you guys weren't on my radar until, until I heard the, you know, until I got this PR stuff for, for the deluxe edition of set oceans on fire. And I see, so it's clearly working. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. <laughs> it is. But the, so the reissue of features two new tracks, Noise in the Signal and Fell for Fiction, were they recorded at the same time as the rest of the EP, of the EP or, is that, or is this all extra stuff? They were they were being written while that EP was being recorded, but they got recorded after that one had come out. And it was that was also kind of the weird timing was like, man, should we wait to see if we can get these mixed and mastered in time to actually get this on the record or are they not quite to that point or will that just delay the record for another couple months to get those tracks on it noise noise in the signal was was later but fell for fiction was that was kind of on the cusp of of when we were writing and recording uh oceans and getting that song finished i got you i got you so with so for the last, I don't know. So, so you said COVID fucks things up like it did, like it did for everybody. Obviously, was there anything, was there anything like that was definitely going to happen last year, or at least that you were planning on happening last year for ligature marks that wasn't able, wasn't able to happen? Sure, I think just staying as as productive as we wanted to be, uh, or as we had been. Um, shooting music videos was really hard. We got we got one music video shot, um, which was a pain in the ass. I mean, just with social distancing and and trying to find locations. Um, and then our bass player ended up having to move due to COVID. So it was it was kind of a it was kind of an up and down roller coaster of a year, man. And just trying to trying to stay productive and keep all that that whole ball rolling was was a task. Yeah. Well. Okay. So you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, or if I've been misinformed, I should say. But I've been told by other people living in the Northwest that your area took COVID a lot more seriously than other areas. Like I'm over here in Pennsylvania, and in this weird area where we have half of them are like. I don't know. Well, there's there's fucking Amish people here, so it's a it's a really bizarre thing. Like it's <laughs> it's bizarre. You know, you got Amish people, you got super conservative Christian Trump people that don't make sense to me, and then you have like whatever, just everybody else. And uh, half the people here are like fuck the mask. I'm not doing it. You know, and uh, you know, and I don't know. So, but I've been told by other people that I you know that I know well living, living out there that you guys. Maybe not you specifically, but out in that area, it's just been taken more seriously, and people are more cautious about it. Is that the yeah, case? Yeah, we got locked down pretty hard, man. I see people out in my neighborhood, and I live in a pretty spread out neighborhood, and I see people walking their dogs with masks on. So, I mean, yeah, like people people took it hard here, and our city shut down for a while, and then reopened, and then shut back down again. Right. So, I mean, we we were doing there was nothing indoors for I don't even know how long that went couple months like nothing like you couldn't go to a restaurant everything was to go obviously there's no no bars or social anything yeah did, did, that, did that affect um your music scene at all and by that i mean like our our big venue here in lancaster was the chameleon club for 30 years or something that's shut down now that's gone like did, did you guys have any effects like that i I don't know if anything's like actually shut down for good, but there's been a lot of support within like the music community in Portland that has like to save the stages here. Cause I mean, there's really not a lot of venues in Portland. So, I mean, there's tons of like bars and stuff like that, but like actual venues, um, there's not a lot, but I haven't heard of any like shutting down yet. Portland has a habit of kind of flipping music venues anyway, man. It seems like we get a good one for a couple of years and then it just, it just dies or 
kind of falls by the wayside. We've had a couple that have been staples for a really long time, and they they seem like they've weathered the storm pretty good, right. and they used the the time to be productive. Like I know the Roseland, which is which is kind of like our our bigger venue, without getting into like a uh, you know it's a fifteen hundred cap room, right? Um, but they did, I mean, new paint job, new sound, they recarpeted the stage, they redid all the green room. So I know that they used the downtime to do a full revamp of the club. Which That's was, great. Which was amazing. Yeah. That is, uh, my, my, two of my hometowns are here and, uh, in Baltimore for a while. And luckily the places that I loved in Baltimore are still, I think are still floating. Um, but you know, through, through a variety of different, uh, fundraisers, but again, then there's stuff like here where there was a, a, a big, heart of the music community here and it's gone and it's it's a, it's a weird thing to take to to know going back to when i was a kid you know how you talk about going to these shows our first shows um going to places like this and they're just gone now just in, in a couple of months but anyway enough of that nonsense sad shit uh, <laughs> this this uh here's your ultra depressing episode yeah oh no don't worry <laughs> i just sometimes I just get on and cry and then just you know put that out but it's all right people like it they call it art um, so this, this EP, um, you're, you're re-releasing it. It says exclusively available on Bandcamp. Is that, is this just a digital only thing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're just doing the, the re-releases, like the whole package is one, one thing exclusive on Bandcamp. Cool. Uh, was there, was there ever? It's really, really cool. I'm sorry. Say it again. Oh, Bandcamp treats artists really, really cool. Like they're a, they're a good company, man. They're a good platform. Are they? Cause I heard they're only nice on Fridays once a month. Well, that's that's one more day than most of the other platforms are. <laughs> hey, you're, I can't argue that. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> so, was was there was there ever any physical release for Set Oceans on Fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a, a CD release um, for the initial the initial pressing of it. Yeah. Cool. So, so you again? This came out in 2018. Um, a lot of people have heard it, but but it's, but I'd imagine, like myself, a lot more people are hearing it now. I know it's not officially out though. June eleventh is the date, but all the songs are out there. So right. <laughs> <laughs> so you got all the songs out there. It's just not under the same album. Um, There's videos out there. For yeah, videos for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 pretty out there. Um, so what has been the feedback so far on at least these two new tracks that? What, what were they? It's noise in the signal and uh, fell for fiction. How, how's how's the reaction been so far for those those songs specifically? Sure, noise noise has been great, man. Um, I mean, especially with all the the different press outlets that picked it up, so it it definitely got some eyes on us and a lot more eyes on us than than before, right? Like giving it that proper press treatment. Yeah. Um, fell for fiction. Fell for fiction did great when we when we first dropped it, and people kind of loved that new direction that we were going to, like a little more. Little more of the hooks, a little more melody than we had done with with some of the earlier stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no and that's that's one thing I particularly enjoyed about that track. It, it does stand out a little bit from the rest because it has, it's just kind of going for it more, you know. And uh, and I, I've, there's a lot of different things about your sound that I appreciate, and it, it incorporates a lot of different things about heavy music that I like. I mean, there's there's stuff that's just straight up heavy, you know. There's stuff that I can see someone call metal, metalcore, or whatever. There's stuff that just sounds like what was the fucking term we were using when uh, Kill Switch Engage and Shadows Fall and all that? Was it just, we were just calling it like American metal? It was what what kind of weird shit were we saying back then? I don't know. Was that what they were calling post hardcore? No, post hardcore was like at the drive-in or you know a- oh, yeah, afros yeah, yeah, and yeah. tight pants. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Again with the labels, I always thought that was super weird. Like I thought it was just like. You can find so many different elements in bands, and then they just got pigeonholed into like one. Yeah, but I think that's the goal. That was the goal for a lot of bands: is to be. We want to be a metalcore band because we want to, you know, ride along in this sea. We want to be a new metal band because, you know, whatever. Um, we want to be a hardcore band because we don't want to write intelligent stuff. Um, the, don't don't. That, I love hardcore, so that's that's not stop me totally shitting on them. Um, but anyway, you guys mentioned on. Um, uh, that you shot videos for every track on this record, which which I noticed right away before I read it. I was like, fuck, how does this band have six songs, six videos? And you might have seven. I don't know. But, uh, the, seven now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so was was that the plan when this all started? Or is this just the, because it's been out for three years that you've been able to shoot all these videos? 
we started releasing we try to release every song as a single i mean just just to put it out there because that seems to be the attention span of the world right now is is nobody necessarily bites onto a full album right away right like and and if we can get one song done and and released and then shoot a video for it immediately after while we're working on the next song it just kind of sets us up for releasing content so these uh I'll, all of the all of the videos our guitar player Carl is a is a music video director and so that's that's why we can we can get these videos cranked out as quick as we can is is we have a guy in the band that that's what he does that's fucking pretty convenient isn't it um the, super convenient <laughs> that that, <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions how are you able to to produce you know this many quality videos uh, some better than others but but all at least visually up to par you know at least at least the quality's there um, the one that, well, I could ask you about all of them, but one specific moment and one of them I need to ask you about because I want you to sell me on something is uh, severing the dissonance. You're drinking screwball whiskey in there, correct? Yep. All right. That's right. I've never had it, but it's peanut butter whiskey, right? Is that is that correct? Yep. All right. I like peanut butter beers. I enjoy them. Never had the whiskey. What's, sell me on it. What's this? It's fucking fantastic, man. It's super, it sounds like it would be awful. I got turned on to it when I was in San Diego visiting a friend of mine, and he was like, you got to try this peanut butter whiskey. It's the best thing ever. And he's like, we'll put some Chambord in it, chill it, and then and then we're taking shots, peanut butter and jelly shots. Chambord's a raspberry liqueur. And he was like, you got to try this. And I was blown away. And then I've tried probably three or four other peanut butter whiskeys. Awful. <laughs> yeah, awful. yeah. All right, so it's got to be. It's gotta be. what's up, man? It's gotta be. The, see, I don't know. It might be that. Uh, might be that San Diego influence. Because I feel like I've never been there, but I just told it's so beautiful that everything in San Diego seems like it might be cool. They could be a right set and setting. Like maybe yeah. I was just having a good time when I drank it, and so now I associate it. With yeah, it. exactly. No, but I, but all right. That's that's a good enough reason for me to buy a bottle. So of all of all of the all questions the of all the questions you were gonna ask about a video, I was like. I really wonder what he's going to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what the, I was expecting. <laughs> well, that's, you know, yeah, just, just laser in on the shit that interests, you know? Um, there you go. But <laughs> the, the, uh, the, well, the one video that, that I did, I did find particularly well done was the, uh, was the noise and the signal one. And, uh, you guys, what, what is, what's supposed to be happening in this thing? It, it was just, uh, we got the location and the location kind of determined what the video was going to be. We thought we were going to end up doing something completely different. Originally we had written an entirely different script for the video and we got there and we're like, you know, this place definitely has like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of vibe. It was an old school that was out, um, in the Columbia river gorge, which is like the windsurfing capital of America. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's this old, <laughs> old historic school. Well, you know, uh, and, and we saw the location and it kind of inspired the idea. And so, that's that's how we ended up getting in getting in there. That's cool. Do you guys? You said you know you you like writing a script. Do you guys actually sit around together and do this? I mean, you got the guy in your band who does this, so is, I guess that's a cheat code. Yeah the uh, the uh, noise in the signal video. We had a few writing sessions on. Our friend Freddie Heath is pretty involved with most of the videos that we do. He works with Carl a lot. Um, he is is definitely all about screenplays and storyboarding and. And he's got a background in film, and he he also directed music videos uh, before he got involved with Carl. So, yeah, we team up a lot, man. And the, the whole band kind of sits around and discusses the concepts a lot of the time. Have you had any, like, really impassioned arguments about what you want the music video to be and lost? Every fucking yeah. time. Every one of them. <laughs> every, time, every time the conversation starts, it, it typically starts with either me or Carl shooting down just shitting on ben's ideas like <laughs> he'll have this awesome idea pretty but, common occurrence. but he doesn't like he just doesn't get it out the way it is in his head and we'll be like bro that sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like well dude no and then it's it's really funny him and carl can go at it too sometimes it's really it's entertaining me and josh just sit back and watch and giggle i start working before i finish the thought you know what i mean like yeah, i'm already yeah well, I sound like I feel like I would be I would be one, I would be the no guy. That's that's my role in my family a lot. I just say no to everything. Is like, <laughs> and then it's like, well, what should we do? Like, I I didn't get that far. I just know we shouldn't do that. And yeah, you know, see, that, that's that's why they're always bad at me because they're like, we'll come up with something better. I'm like, I don't have any ideas. I just don't like that one. <laughs> right. If somebody walks in the room and goes six plus three is fourteen, you can go, no, it's not. And they're like, well, what is it? Like, I didn't do the math yet, but I know it's not that. Like. <laughs> it's, it's real simple, right? 
Carl literally, Carl literally told somebody, I think it might've been Carl. Carl has a twin brother. Kyle has a twin brother too. We can talk about that in a minute, but Carl, I think literally told his twin brother, his brother was like, wow, this video turned out really fucking good. What happened? And Carl goes, I literally just didn't tell Ben no on this. <laughs> the moral of the story is gentlemen, listen to Ben. I just stopped saying no. Cause I don't do any of the work. So like, <laughs> just going to show up I, anyway. I can't, have, I can't have an opinion if I'm just not doing shit. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, you 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 it's wise i guess it's you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing um he's picking his battles wisely. yeah yeah so so you have these seven videos and i don't want to like focus totally on the videos but what are what's your favorites out of these noise is definitely one of my favorites yeah um fire and flood is always kind of the standout video to me because it was the first video that we shot it was kind of the it was the video that formed the band literally the first time we played as a group Mm-hmm. was on that video. That was the first time we all had instruments in hand together as a band was on that video shoot. Um, so those are, those are kind of my standouts. Both both filmed in the same town too, Mosier, Oregon, the Columbia River Gorge, windsurfing capital. Of those, <laughs> I was going to say, know, what are they famous for? But I should have known. They're fucking wind, windsurfing, yeah. bud. <laughs> Cherries. <laughs> what, cherries? Oh, well, they got to pick one. You can't be both. So we'll say, all right. Hood River, which is the next town down, um, we'll say that's the windsurfing capital. Mosier would be cherries. Hood River sounds like it doesn't sound like what it sounds like. Do you know what I'm saying? No. No. <laughs> Hood River sounds like sounds like a drainage ditch in a Baltimore alley. And that, <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to pitch that as their next town slogan. <laughs> They'll go for it. You just got to say it with confidence. That's all it's, all it's about. You just, you know, just do a little bit of that political speak where you speak beat things up at sometimes and then you slow it down and eventually people will bite you know that's pretty foolproof all right so so it talked about you you the ligature mark sound a little bit and i think it uh i think it ranges all under the same umbrella but it's but but i like where it's at is it, it goes through a few different subgenres of i don't know extreme music heavy metal whatever the fuck you want to call it where do you feel the band best fits in if you're if you're looking for, I don't know, a show, like if you're, if you're going to get put on the mid bill, middle, the middle of the bill on a metalcore show, is that a good spot for ligature marks or, you know, or where, where do you think it's best? If it's like neutral metalcore, if it's, if it's at one extreme or the other, then I'm not necessarily sure that, that we're the best fit for that. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think that, like, it's kind of a weird thing because, like, I'm just thinking about, like, we've been in the studio a lot, and uh, we've got a bunch of new music that'll be coming out probably this year sometime, I would imagine, at least something new. But it's, um, like, for me, the it's hard for me to answer that question because, like, people haven't heard, like, what Ligature Mark's real sound is i don't think because we were like kind of looking for it and i think we finally found it with this stuff that we've been working on sure so i might be changing the subject completely right now on accident but no go with it the ep the ep josh and carl had that entire record written right and ben just wrote lyrics and sang on it and then i changed the drums but like we didn't have input on like the musical part of it so fell for fiction and noise we had a little bit more and so that's why those sound a little bit different than like the five songs on the EP. Mm-hmm. And then the newer stuff we've been working on, like we all had equal parts in writing it. So it sounds even further from the EP. So it's like with the new stuff that people haven't heard, I think we could fit with a lot more bands than the EP's sound. No, it's like yeah, overall, yeah, like I think yeah. it, I think it would blend in more along the spectrum than the sound of the EP alone. I'm also a huge fan of like, I like really diverse shows. Like I like lineups that like don't necessarily make sense. Right. Like one of my favorite shows that I ever went to was fucking Tori Amos and Nine Inch Nails. I saw Bowie and Nine Inch Nails together. To me, that's like the perfect bill, right? Like they're not the fucking same at all. Right. But it just, it works somehow. Like you find this, like this awesome, awesome blending of multiple styles of music. Like I love hip hop. So like seeing a hip hop band open for a metal band, I think is fantastic. Like family values tour back in the day. That's what's up. Yeah, but how did Rammstein get away with all that stuff? What do you mean? I don't know. I just say things sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, so I, about the insurance policy those dudes I'm have to just, take out before they play a gig? I'm just thinking like that. 
The video scar that Family Values tour video scarred me a little bit as a as a young guy. You know, like it was just a little. Do you remember it? Do you remember what happens in the video? Yeah, I don't. Remember, I, I I don't know if I even saw the video. I I saw the tour when it went through Portland. Okay, well, on the the video for the tour, Rammstein, the guy goes up there. And he like rapes the keyboard player and then sprays. Oh yeah, fake. That, yeah, yeah. So like for like for like fourteen year old, that's you know a little troubling. But I was I was listening to Rammstein just yesterday. I had a I found a sampler CD recently that was the what was it the two thousand one Pledge of Allegiance tour where it's like Slipknot, System of a Down, but it's got like everything. I found it because it had DMX on it. I was like DMX died. What do I have of DMX? I got this one sampler CD from 2001 that also has Slayer on it. So, so I was listening <laughs> to that, and uh, Rammstein came on, and I was like, man, I don't remember much. I mean, like, I know they were huge, and they still are huge, but uh, I don't know. It's just a, how did this band get away with it? You know, that's all I'm asking. It's just a really vague, like, how did they do it? You know, if there's if there's kids' parents out there who aren't willing to have the talk with them, then I think Uncle Romstein is gonna, gonna it's gonna, fill that void, yeah. which is cool. It's <laughs> fine. I don't I don't think that goes over well now, but you know, it was whatever. That's yeah. Um, but no, I, I I I mean, all joking aside, I really just mean like, how did how was a and this is not really a question for you. It's more of a rhetorical thing. How was a, a German speaking industrial metal band able to be globally, you know, massive? You know, making that type of music is just funny that that worked. That's crazy, man. I think Rammstein was always a bigger band than I realized until I finally like I saw some videos of them and I'm like, this band is fucking. Massive. They're massive. Like, they're, they're huge. Massive. Yeah, yeah. I think CKY helped him out a lot too, like being in that video because CT- CKY two K that, that, that like Bam Margera. Like, oh yeah, his crew yeah. video, dude. Like that was huge. Oh yeah, that was huge. And then Jackass came out, but like I never heard Rammstein until like all that CKY shit. So I know tons of kids found it through that. <laughs> well, it was wild because the first time I saw Rammstein was in an arena. Like they were like one of those bands that like no, they were I, I never even heard of them, and then they were playing arenas. Can you imagine Rammstein in a club? <laughs> Oof. This, yeah, back, going back to that insurance policy. <laughs> No, you, 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 it's funny you bring up the CKY thing because that, that's relatively local. My Actually, my sister and both my sister-in-law live in Westchester area where they filmed all that, where they did all that stuff. So that was that was a big band. You know the other one that they broke? I don't know how we're getting this far off, tra- off topic, but uh, but that band, Him. Now, they shouldn't have been that big, but they were. But, you know, that, that's, that was the CKY another, effect. Another band that, that Bam and that CKY videos, man, like... Bam was like a marketing. They were dude the influencers, dude. They were yeah, the they right. were the OG influencers before influencers were a thing. <laughs> That's true, and everybody you know got that CKY riff in their head forever. And, and go and going back yeah. to him, it was marketing. That fucking logo, man, was rad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they they did their own thing, and that's what that's that's what works very well. And usually, you find that with a lot of people. And I don't know, all it takes is to get a little fucking eyes on it, and that's what's happening here with you guys. I think a lot of people are going to get their eyes on what you're doing, and uh, that's what's very cool about the way you're re-releasing these songs that are already out. But you know, I I appreciate it. Um, very very rarely do you have a chance to like learn the lessons and then apply the lessons again immediately, and I think that's what we're doing in this case. It's a good move, man. Who's going to tell you no, <laughs> right? Um, okay. So- well, that's actually like we're trying it out once, and if it works, we're just going to keep releasing just it keep and adding over. new just, songs to set up. Just one concert. song, yeah. So yeah. Like in five years, it'll be like eighteen songs long. That's like a, maybe a double one, album. It'll be like the fourth re-release. Yeah. <laughs> You can do it. Nobody, people don't notice anymore. Like you said, nobody listens to full albums. That's not true. I do. In fact, I try to only listen to full albums. I get kind of annoyed when I can't. But, but, uh, but, but I know that that's the way that, the way it's done now. Is they want singles and people want playlists. I make a playlist isn't for the podcast, weird? but you know, whatever. Isn't that weird? People, the way that people ingest music these days, like it's, yeah, it's it's strange, man. Like I, I I've been digging playlists lately too. Like. Same thing. Like I'll walk in and and put something on if I'm cooking dinner. And I'll just put on a playlist of something. I find you know it's it's an easy way. To, it's a good way to discover new things. But then I don't know. It just makes me want to listen to to the album, which I guess that's the whole point. So fuck it, it works. Whatever. I, I give pl- up. Playlists have helped us out immensely. So I can't uh, like 
if, if that's what gets people to hear us, then I'm I'm for playlists. Well, you bringing up playlists. I thought I saw you guys on a playlist that maybe scratched my head a little bit, where it looked like you guys were on some like Christian rock playlist on Spotify. Because we're fucking infiltrating the system. That's why. Wow, that's very impressive. No, I don't know. I, I haven't yeah. even seen that a Christian rock playlist. Talisman. Talisman, yeah. Oh, oh there you that's go. The, that's the that's the one that got us on there. What? Uh, really? I've, I, this is not something that I'm aware of. Maybe I maybe I saw it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that was something I came across. Yeah, but. Huh. Huh. All right, I'm gonna look for that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look too hard. Just leave it there. That's a, that's a good market to tap into. I hope we're totally. right. I hope we're right below Amy Grant and right above uh uh what was the what was the other Christian rock band that was big right around that time. P.O.D.? No, there was another one that was like P.I.D., which was Preachers in Disguise. No, there wasn't. Swear. That's Swear, the, bruh. That's the worst lie I heard today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so... This is accurate. You're going to Google this when you're going to get off here, and you're going to be like, God damn it, he was right. <laughs> you don't You don't know how hard I resist the truth. I won't touch Google for shit. I'll just go to bed, and it's like it never happened. And then nobody will ever be able to prove me wrong. You know, that's the way it is. I like, I like Oh, yeah. <laughs> just commit, you know. All right, so um, so you guys got this coming out uh, June 11th. It'll be on Bandcamp. All the videos are already out there. You're working on new songs. What can you do until then? Or what are you planning to do until then? When can we expect more? What's 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 the future for Ligature Marks? New music video in the works for sure. We just started pre-production on uh, another music video. Um, this one's going to be. Very sci-fi, which is something that we haven't really got to mess with yet. Um, and we've got—I would say we're seventy percent done on the next on the next record. Nice or nice. thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, we, with the exception of mixing and mastering. Um, but as far as recording-wise, we got to we got to redo some bass, and we got vocals left on two songs. But and then that'll be that'll be ready to come out soon. Very cool. Is this going to so, be a self-release thing as well, or are you guys actually looking for somebody to do it, or why not do it by yourself? Um, that's a, that's a good question and a conversation that we've been having a lot lately. So we're, we're going to have to see what happens with that. Nice. Which, which path makes the most sense, right? Like some, some things don't make a lot of sense financially to, to have somebody release it. Yeah. Yeah. So there is an online event that we will be a part of that we can't release details yet, but we'll be out. We'll let you guys know within like the next month. Awesome. So it'll be sooner than that. Oh, next in the next week. couple of weeks, yeah, we got a pretty pretty cool online event that's happening. X is going to be tomorrow. It is. No, I was just trying to one up you guys because you know you oh, did it to him. Shit. So I was to <laughs> just trying to you know get in there, <laughs> trying to win. Um, since you got me the whole Google thing. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I think I think that's about all I have for you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Um, I'm glad I I'm glad I just found out about you. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that that what you're doing now is working, and uh, hopefully we can do more to get more eyes on you, ears. Oh, man, I, I guess really ears. That. Yeah. Ears and eyes both. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us, man. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas, have a good night. Right, take care, bud. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yep. See ya. <laughs>
So there you have it. That was my interview with the fellas in Ligature Marks. I enjoyed my chat with them, and I enjoyed their record as well. The song you just heard was Noise in the Signal featuring Ian Fike of It Prevails. Uh, that's also the video we talked about, the one that I thought was especially well done. You should go check that out. You can pre-order, do a digital pre-order, I think it is, for this record, Set Oceans on Fire, the deluxe edition on Bandcamp. I'll put that link in the show notes. I guarantee you it's worth it. The rest of the music's out there. You can find it somewhere, but you should do it that way instead. Support the artists who are making this shit happen and be on the lookout for whatever Ligature Marks has next. Okay, well, we might as well wrap this one up. I don't think I have a lot of business stuff to talk to you about. Always go follow at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. And the, there's a Patreon. That's the important one. There's a Patreon, patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. There's a $1, $2, $3 tier. I'm actually thinking of uh, condensing that all down to one $2 tier, which would actually lose me some money. But, you know, I think it's just easier to include all things under one tier instead of all these options and do it for a little bit cheaper. I don't know. What do you think? Are you involved in it? Are you, do you, are you chipping in right now? If you're not, that's cool. But would you be more enticed if all the uh, all the rewards were under one tier instead of spread across three? Uh, is it mean that everybody doesn't get everything? Am I being unfair or am I being a socialist by including everybody under one? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the goal. Maybe I need to have a socialist Patreon and I think I might do that. So if you're already a Patreon subscriber, you might be saving a buck or you might get notched up a buck. I don't know, but I don't think I can do that without your permission. So be on the lookout for that. If you are interested in contributing and uh, helping out via the Patreon, I totally appreciate it. You can do so, like I said, by going to patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. It gets you free entry into every giveaway that is done. It gets you access to getting it out radio as they happen and lets you check in on the upcoming lists of guests for the episodes. Um, what else is on there? It gets you a free sticker and pin. I will mail that to you right away. It gets you um, the archives. Yes, you can you can listen to every episode in Getting It Out podcast history. That's what's on the Patreon page. Anyway, enough of me rambling. There is a gettingitout.net website that eventually is coming. I was so confident in the last few episodes about it being just around the corner, but it doesn't seem like it is. So whatever. It's fucking crazy. I'm going to end this one with a track from Seeker. Seeker is the Seeker considers himself new metalcore, which that caught my attention. I'm like, all right, you're gonna lean in that hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna check it out. Um, they got this new track. It's called C I H A. It's the title track from a recently released EP. It stands for Call It a Hatred, which is not really the way I think the English language works, but they are from the UK, so they know better than I do. Anyway, check out the song C I H A from Seeker. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 